0: love, social convention, gender roles, and religion. Charlotte Bronte's most famous novel challenges ideas on all these topics, and we are here to discuss it. I'm Charlene.
1: And I'm Mike.
0: And this is Jane Eyre Files. Chapter 21. Poor Suffering Woman. Hello, husband.
1: Hello, my creeping creature.
0: <laughs> oh, the, you turned into Blanche Ingram very, here I again. See.
1: Very limited. Ooh, <laughs> you know this book so well. I can drop three words, and you know exactly who says it. Oh,
0: yes. wow. Blanche, Blanche has a way about her, a way of, of ter- turn a phrase.
1: <laughs> okay, this is the longest chapter in the book so far mm-hmm. but yet it read very quickly
0: oh glad to I hear i was it. never
1: bored <laughs> yeah it, it had had a lot of movement and i was i was really impressed with it very powerful very profound we'll get to it toward the end but yeah, yeah. i enjoyed
0: it yeah there's there's real forward momentum because you know there's a little bit of the rochester story and then we suddenly get some of gene's childhood revisited mm. with uh, mrs reed and what's going on in that family which You know, it's not the happiest, but we'll get into the Sparknotes summary here for chapter 21. Jane has heard that it is a bad omen to dream of children, and now she has dreams on seven consecutive nights involving babies. She learns that her cousin, John Reed, has committed suicide and that her aunt, Mrs. Reed, has suffered a stroke and is nearing death. Jane goes to Gateshead, where she is reunited with Bessie. She also sees her cousins, Eliza and Georgiana. Eliza is plain and plans to enter a convent, while Georgiana is as beautiful as ever. Ever since Eliza ruined Georgiana's hopes of eloping with the young man, the two sisters have not gotten along. Jane tries to patch things up with Mrs. Reed, but the old woman is still full of hostility toward her late husband's favorite. One day, Mrs. Reed gives Jane a letter from her father's brother, John Eyre. He declares that he wishes to adopt Jane and bequeath her his fortune. The letter is three years old. Out of malice, Mrs. Reed did not forward it to Jane when she received it. In spite of her aunt's behavior, Jane tries once more to smooth relations with her dying woman. But Mrs. Reed refuses, and at midnight, she dies.
1: I noticed no mention of Rochester in the spark notes.
0: Oh, well, I guess that that particular scene is not as important.
1: But it's so funny because it's it's an an enjoyable scene. It's Mm -hmm. really brief. I feel like... You know, are you okay not getting a lot of Rochester in this chapter? Because look at the previous chapters—we're really building towards something. And then all of a sudden, it's just we hit the hit a pause. Right. We go back to Gateshead for a bit.
0: I think it's clever storytelling plotting just to kind of take it back a little bit, so that you know it, we have all this expectation, and then maybe it's a little too much too soon, you know, because some things have to happen before Jane and Rochester can get together. Mm-hmm. So now. We have this interlude with the reeds.
1: Yeah, and we get to see more character development from Jane, more development and maturity mm-hmm. and just turning turning into such a well-rounded character. Yes.
0: Yeah. But just at the beginning of this chapter, I find it interesting that Charlotte does introduce the notion of the supernatural with the, the dreams and the prophetic dreams and sets up this tone that this is possible, that these can have meaning because that, that kind of plays into something that, Happens later in the book, so another good foreshadowing moment from Charlotte.
1: That's her thing, and you know it's a nice callback to some of the early chapters, right? With the, with the red room and stuff. Like, oh yeah, there's so many have supernatural that, yeah. elements that what made this the gothic, you know, white billowy gown running from the house. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting a little bit of it with third, what's going on on the third floor. But mm-hmm. now, yeah, like you said, now we're getting a, a totally a different kind of element where it's beyond the realm of consciousness, right? Yeah. Where it's something in your dreams. Very true. How, when, how, I wonder if people were, well, Freud was late 19th century, right? Mm-hmm. So we weren't analyzing dreams yet. Charlotte Bronte predates Sigmund Freud.
0: <laughs> wow. I wonder what Freud had to say about dreaming of children. <sighs> I can only imagine. <laughs> so then we have this reconnection with Jane's past with Robert coming to tell Jane about her cousin John Reed. And Another point that I want to bring up about this part is that John Reed is not redeemed in this book. He he was a very spoiled uh, child, and he was a bully to Jane. And as an adult, he was overcome with vice and eventually just commits suicide. And sad.
1: Why do you think Charlotte did that? Like, Do you think it was something where she just didn't need to bother with this character, don't need to go too deep into him? Or, or is it something where she wanted to go against the grain? Because it seems like even the most evil characters in i'm assuming victorian literature still have some sort of a redemption arc right
0: yeah i mean maybe. Uh, i i guess so he does serve the point to set up a little bit of the torment that jane experiences when she's young so that you get you know that she has to overcome a lot of adversity and then at a certain point maybe jane or i should say charlotte didn't even care enough about john to like try to work him in to a different storyline where he he gets to apolog- apologize to Jane or something, yeah. but and now now, in this chapter, he gets to bring about Jane and Mrs. Reed's possible reconciliation.
1: yeah, but don't you think it's I, I just again, I don't mean to keep harping on it, but John's kind of a, a bit of an afterthought in this novel, isn't he? Mm. like even even in his death doesn't warrant that much of a discussion. he's here to talk he's Robert's there to talk about Mrs. Reed, and yet, oh yeah, then John yeah away.
0: yeah it's it's unfortunate i guess he just never amounted to much
1: yeah they didn't give him another scene we're gonna see eliza and georgiana but we're not gonna to get to see jonathan mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
1: you know and what i i liked i see you didn't allude to it at this yet but um when robert shows up to mention to, coming back to gateshead i like that jane doesn't even give it a second thought and she's like i gotta go like that's you know, true it's interesting that like mrs reed would want her i'm not sure i guess mm-hmm. we're gonna find out but yeah again we're again goes back to what I said before, de- character development, maturity, that Jane would immediately. Maybe because it's, is it, it's a, is it not gloating, maybe? Is it basically oh. se- running into your ex when you've got your new beau that you're so happy with? You know, <laughs> So she's got this great position. She's got her education now. Mm-hmm. And now, oh, I've been called upon to go back to that house where they treated me so poorly. Now I'm, I'm, I love where I'm at now. Of course I'll go back.
0: Yeah. So I can yeah. kind of
1: brag and, and show them how well I've done without their help.
0: Although I do I do wonder if Jane maybe thought that Mrs. Reed wanted to make it up to her now that she's on her deathbed and stuff. So of course Jane wants to give her that opportunity.
1: Yeah. But she shouldn't expect too much. I no, guess.
0: no. <laughs> so then then we get this wonderful little scene in this otherwise sad chapter where little, Jane Little asks, scene, yes. <laughs> Jane asks leave of Mr. Rochester and there's a nice like, I don't know, like flirty moment between Jane and Rochester. Uh, Maybe more so on Rochester's side. But yeah, Rochester doesn't really want her to leave. And he tries to convince her not to. Why would he want to see this old woman who cast him off? And (laughs) and then he realizes then that she might use this as an opportunity to find another job. So then he gets even more nervous. And he wants to take back some of the money he gave her.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny because like you said, it is cute. It Mm -hmm. kind of plays up the flirtatiousness of it. But at the same time... I had a really hard time with some of the some of his dialogue towards her, where where I kept asking myself, like, is he truly being insensitive? Because at mm. some point, I think at one point he says, "And what good can you do her? I would never think of running a hundred miles to see an old lady who will perhaps be dead before you reach her. Besides, you say she cast you off, mm. you know." And I'm thinking, like, I don't get it, unless unless that he is so much in love with Jane that he can't bear to see her go, and he has to find excuses <laughs> to try to keep her to stay. Why would you want to go see her? No, no, no. Stay here. Stay here. Yeah. Stay here and watch me party with these other people, including <laughs> the woman that I'm going to marry.
0: Well, she has a job to do, so he could <laughs> keep her there for that purpose. But uh, I, you have you make a point, a good point. Uh, I don't know exactly if Rochester. Uh, he seems like the kind of person who doesn't really care, you know, about. Miss uh Mrs. Reed and the fact that she did cast off Jane he probably doesn't really even like her that much because mm. he likes Jane and he feels sorry for her doesn't want her, doesn't want her to have to go through that whatever that experience was again with Mrs. Reed. So well, you could see it either way. I could I could be sympathetic to the way Mr. Rochester thinks or Mr. Rochester could be a little selfish in this moment.
1: Being a jerk. He can be a <laughs> jerk sometimes, right? Selfish. Yeah, but I like what, you know, we talk about that push and pull where you know, Jane has some power over him, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you can tell the way she keeps asking about uh, Blanche. Oh, are you guys going to be married? Maybe yeah. I should leave. Like, I feel like Jane is jealous as mm-hmm. well because she's she's trying to get out of the house before Blanche moves in.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know about, I don't know if that jealousy so much as just not wanting to be there for that because she knows that Blanche doesn't like her. She's, a, she's a, whatever she's enjoyed up until this point with Rochester where she's been treated pretty well. When Blanche comes, it's probably not going to be as nice of a situation as it was before. Mm-hmm. Compounding the fact that she's also in love with Mister Rochester, and it'll be very difficult to see that. So yeah, because she's jealous. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, know if, I don't. I feel like jealous is not the word for how she might be feeling. It's just like self-preservation, she doesn't really feel like she has a chance with Rochester, so she just wants to leave mm. and you know bury her her feelings.
1: Okay, okay. Run out of the house in her white billowing gown. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay, so then, you know, Rochester lets her leave and gives her some money. And then she goes back to Gateshead. And I think it's really nice to see Bessie again. Because we get to see that she has this lovely family. She has, uh, she's married to Robert. She has two kids. That so she, she named one of her children after Jane. That's so nice. It's
1: just, it was just passing, right? There's a mm-hmm. quick little allusion to it that the kids are named... Jane and is it is there another Robert? Yeah. It's very clever the way that Charlotte wrote it because it's just in passing. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't introduce her children to Jane. She just they basically there's this one line and one paragraph that says "Little Robert or Jane," mm-hmm. so that we're like, "Oh, she named her well a son junior, okay, sure, but she yeah. named her daughter Jane." Yeah, that was really sweet. I I know how much you seem to like Bessie, and I was going to ask you the question: Would you have liked to see more from her in this book? Like, where would you work her in? Because oh. I mean, if you seem to, she seems to be. Popular in your mind, but Mm -hmm. then I also feel like she's only in a couple of chapters. Really, there's only a few. There's only a few scenes between them.
0: Well, you know, Bessie has had a a good, pretty, pretty good relationship with Jane. Where she did care for her, even though when she was young, she may have been a little bit sharp or treated her maybe like like she was a little annoying or something. But then you see in this chapter that Bessie seems like the only person who really cares about Missus Reed, who's the one who's coming to visit her and wants to make sure that she's okay, even though she has her own kids to take care of, her own job duties and stuff like that. So, you know, you see that Bessie is a nice person and caring and I would like to see more of Bessie in that what like what happened after this? Like if, if Mrs. Reed died, Georgiana left, Eliza Reed left, like where where is Bessie with her family? Like where is she gonna go? So yeah. You know, you worry, but worry a little bit about Bessie. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but like I said, I, I would like, there's, I would like to see a little bit more of her in this book. It's now remind me, it's been, I'm already forgetting stuff. That's all. That's how far <laughs> in this book we are. Who doesn't somebody come to visit her at Lowood?
0: Yeah, Bessie did. Bessie does, mm-hmm. right?
1: Okay, well there you go.
0: Yeah, so, so Bessie thinking does. About Bessie, Jane. she did
1: have an extra scene. Yeah. yeah. But before we get into the Reed family, I did want to. There's a great quote. Again, this isn't. Charlotte's got some great lines of of, of dialogue, or just of, Charlotte's got some great lines in this chapter. And mm-hmm. the one one of the ones that really stuck out for me was when she comes when Jane comes back to Gateshead, she says, "quote The inanimate objects were not changed, but the living things had altered past recognition."
0: Mm, yeah, and so
1: we're figuring that the, that the reeds have not matured the way that Jane has, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, or it's just they uh, they have changed quite a bit. Uh, Mrs. Reed is been broken down by the troubles and Georgiana and Eliza they're very they're they're how I would imagine them um as children growing into adults just based on how Jane interacted with them when they were young I don't know how much you remember in the initial chapter of the description of Eliza of how she liked to keep books she liked to keep uh she liked to have her own money Mm. and she would um use the like she would sell produce and eggs to the servants and keep exacting records of, of all her transactions and eliza as an adult she's uh, still very independent and hard-working and she she has a strict schedule that she keeps to mm. she's very pragmatic and now yeah, that's that seems to fit and then georgiana you know we don't get too much of her i feel like um as a child she was beautiful and she had a lot of toys that she liked to play with and you know, and get That's all you get from her. And then as an adult, well, again, still beautiful. She seems very spoiled and vain and uh, insincere to Jane, which probably goes along with uh, being in society as Georgiana was, was more in society at that time.
1: But isn't she the one in this chapter that actually goes for walks with her and talks? Or am I thinking of Eliza?
0: No, that's Georgiana. That's Georgiana, right? But I get the sense that she's just doing it more as to have someone that will kind of talk to her because she has no one else. she can't talk to eliza she can't hmm. be on her own she doesn't know what to do if someone's not talking to her and and entertaining her so yeah. well jane's the next best thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then there's a moment that jane when she's she's describing the you know her cousins very well i think and she says quote feeling without judgment is a washy draft indeed but judgment untempered by feeling is too bitter and husky a morsel for human deglutition.
1: Deglutition. There's a oh, word I have not heard before. Some
0: great vocabulary words here. 50, 50 cent
1: word. <laughs> what would it be over there? 50 pence.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but that the, the point that I find interesting is that this is another instance of the passion versus reason, which is what I think of the central conflict of Jane in the book where she continually bounces her passionate nature and her reasonable and logical mind. So you have Eliza, who has the judgment untempered by feeling, and Georgiana, who has the feeling without judgment. And it's like having one and not the other. You're not a very well-rounded person.
1: True, true. No, I understand. Um, I will say, having said that, I do think that the two of them do show, you know, some slight maturity. You know, mm-hmm. like that, at first they kind of greet Jane with contempt when she arrives, mm-hmm. but then they eventually warm up to her. But then I don't know another question, I guess I can pose to you. You know, do you think they did this as a favor to their mother or did they just realize there's no use holding on to this grudge, especially that much longer?
0: Yeah, I feel like that more the latter. I think that they've, they probably have this idea of Jane in their mind. as a poor relation and they don't want to associate with her. And then, you know, they've realized, well, what's the point? Like, she's going to be here. She's going to stay here. And she is our relation. And she seems sensible enough and she's not going to encroach on us too much so well we could be polite
1: she might be coming into some money (laughs) maybe that's what this letter that mommy wouldn't wouldn't give her if they even knew about it
0: (laughs) well yeah so then jane doesn't get too much time with mrs reed at first there's a couple weeks that pass i think where mrs reed is a little too ill to talk to her so Mm. finally towards the end of this chapter
1: i I don't I, i think he's just twisting the knife one last time
0: Oh, she so just holding on to. You can
1: you can just sit down here and I I have I've brought you here from your work place of work mm-hmm. and I'm going to make you stay. I don't really feel like talking to you tonight. <laughs> you sit down there with my with my daughters and you can just
0: Yeah, I mean your you thumbs. you mentioned Eliza and Georgiana having some slight maturity and not and greeting Jane, eventually warming up to Jane and Mrs. Reed. You don't get that at all. You you hope Maybe Jane hopes that she's going to come around a little bit. Jane tries her best to make Mrs. Reed feel comfortable, take care of her, and Mrs. Reed just doesn't want to have anything to do with Jane.
1: Yeah. But maybe that's why the daughters talk to her. Because they're like, Mom's gonna keep my mom my mom might just hold this grudge that much more longer and we're <laughs> gonna be stuck with her every night. But I wronged Jane. Eyre. Are you she?
0: You I like her. Yes, aunt, I am.
1: An unnatural child. Go to my dressing case. There's a
0: letter. Madam, will you have the goodness to send me the address of my niece? Jane Eyre, it is my intention to write shortly and desire her to come to Madeira. Providence has blessed my labours to secure a competency and, as I am unmarried and childless... I wish to adopt Jane Eyre during my life and bequeath her at my death whatever I have to leave. I am, madam, most sincerely yours, John Eyre, Madeira. But why did I not hear of this? It is dated
1: three years back. I disliked you too fixedly. The fury you turned on me when you declared you abhorred me, the worst of anyone in the world. But I was a child, so that I wrote that you were dead, dead of the fever at Lowood School. But I wonder if that's just the nature of her life. Mm-hmm. She's had a little bit of privilege, right, with mm. her husband, and she had money. Then it was gone, and I think she just seems to she seems to be a bitter woman. Yeah, right. And now that it seems like she just probably assumed that you know Jane was was not going to end up doing anything. Mm. And she made a name for herself.
0: And she, But she also didn't want Jane to do anything, I think. Yeah. Because she didn't want her to benefit, I guess, because of the way that she had raised her. And she felt like maybe her husband had, she had lost some of her husband's interest because her husband was so obsessed with uh, Jane or something. Mm-hmm. As a child. Again, as a child, Mrs. Reed, you got to tone it down. Mm. But I also think that, if mrs reed because she has some guilt that how she tre- of how she treated jane that she didn't keep her promise to her husband and now that she is about to die that if she did acknowledge that she treated jane badly and that she should have treated her better and she was sorry that she wouldn't have felt better because she would have thought oh you know what then i deserve whatever punishment's going to come after mm-hmm. in the hereafter
1: yeah is that and why I she wouldn't... called for her yeah. You know? Otherwise, because it's like it doesn't do any good to give the uh, the letter at this point. Mm-hmm. But then it's just so she's trying to absolve herself of her sins. Yeah. Even if it's too late, which I think probably a lot of people do. Yeah. Right. When totally. you get to that point, and you know, and it's funny because to flip that on its head, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll probably disagree with me, but mm-hmm. I feel like in a way, Jane is almost paying for her passions mm. because if she could have somehow managed to stay in Mrs. Reed's good graces, mm-hmm. she might have gotten that letter sooner. I mean, but that's the thing. I can't blame her for no. acting out based on Mrs. Reed's behavior. Of course not. Yeah. But it's just, it's one of those things where you're like, oh man, she's such a headstrong person and, and a powerful character and and a yeah. good person. But you're like, that's sort of on, on sometimes how things work, unfortunately, where yeah. if she could have just stuck with it. Then... Well, I mean,
0: I, I also feel that Jane couldn't have done anything to been in mrs reed's good graces because mrs reed just didn't just didn't like her Mm -hmm. and unfortunately then you know the fact that jane did act out as she did maybe that made mrs reed even angrier and that's why she wouldn't give her the letter or whatever but yeah i don't know can't can't jane couldn't uh predict the future
1: yeah (laughs) and she can't win in in some regard that's just what happens when you deal with stuffy dowager types Mm -hmm. like mrs reed i guess yeah
0: (laughs) So, you know, you get to this part of the book where Jane is very forgiving. Uh, And to me, sometimes I feel a little surprisingly so because, you know, there's this quote uh, that I have that Mrs. Reed said to Jane um, after Jane had you know spoken up for herself as a child and said something back to her. And Mrs. Reed says, I felt fear as if an animal that I had struck or pushed had looked up at me with human eyes and cursed me in a man's voice. And it's just like how insulting is that <laughs> that she at first is comparing Jane to an animal, and then the idea that she strike if if you strike an animal, you don't expect it to speak back to you, so it's okay. you can strike an animal, and doesn't matter it's just it's just like, wow, Mrs. Reed, you are a piece of work <laughs> <laughs>
1: stuffy rich folks, right yeah, but I think like yeah it's. We're learning how, what a wonderful character and a wonderful, well-rounded character Jane is. That of mm-hmm. course she can forgive her. Mm-hmm. I mentioned before she didn't give it a second thought when she when when it's a matter of going back yeah. to Gateshead. You know, you, unless you're thinking she's just going to see Bessie. Oh you well. know. But yeah. So it, and it's what's the line to air is human to forgive divine, right? <laughs> that's just that's what we do. And like you said, she has she she has grown so much from her youth. Mm-hmm. And that's what's supposed to happen. What? But I mean, it's only been what ten years or so. Mm-hmm. She was about, wasn't she? About seven or eight when she was in the Gateshead.
0: Um, well, was she was about about eight years. I guess yeah, she, so she was about ten. She was about ten when she left. I think.
1: Yeah, and that's what's supposed to happen. And usually, for a lot of us, myself included, it doesn't usually come until your early twenties. Whereas Jane mm-hmm. has gotten to that point, and she's only eighteen. Yeah. And I think perhaps that could be the influence of the best character in this book. <laughs>
0: We get get a little hint of what Helen Burns has done for Jane, I think, Mm. with the fact that Jane is forgiving. And, you know, when she was young, she was very angry. And she said, I will never call you aunt when I'm grown up. I'll never come see you when I uh, am grown up. So it's like now she's she's she knows that. Well, that that was her youthful passion talking. And now that she has thought about it and she's mature, she's going to try to mend her. Relationship with Mrs. Reed if she can.
1: Yeah. What, what What does Helen say about you know if someone wronged me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would still you know you you, no.
0: you gotta turn the other cheek like Christ.
1: And then, but then Jane is just like I would never do that. And then you know
0: yeah. And now now Helen, she's doing it. Yeah.
1: In just a short, just a few scant chapters <laughs> away, you know.
0: But I do again. I I when I read this as a as a teenager, and I got to this point, I was like I would never forgive mrs reed especially since mrs reed is not sorry she's not repentant and how can you forgive her if she's still continuing accusing you and saying that you're a bad person and just Mm. like okay well i'm gonna go now
1: (laughs) well like i said it's 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 just not good to hold grudges
0: Uh, it's very true i'm sure i've
1: said it on this show it's bad for the blood
0: i mean i said that i was like that as a teen now that i'm a little bit older Still not sure how it would, how well, it would feel.
1: <laughs> you always hear stories about. Didn't the Pope forgive the person who tried to shoot him? Mm, the, you well, know, you always hear stories about people who people who die in, in accidents or something, and their their families are forgiving of the person who yeah. perpetrated the act for whatever reason. And you know,
0: I mean, there's, there's certain circumstances, obviously, that even something as horrific as somebody who loses somebody in accident, that you know, that person is sorry. Sure, I I, I can be forgiving. Um, but Mrs. Reed is, uh, very mean. Well, but does
1: it go back to the, the, the original discussion of why did Mrs. Reed invite Jane back or why was she calling for her to come back? Because Jane was like, oh, I'm going to try to do something. You know, even if I held this letter from her for too long, if I can at least let her know about it, maybe that'll make me look good in the eyes of Mm -hmm. God or something. And then you, now you have Jane doing the same thing. Yeah. Where she's figuring this is my chance to to look good and score some points in the afterlife
0: <laughs> by
1: trying to make up for it with, with Jane or with Mrs. Reed, I mean. So Yeah.
0: I mean I guess you know, you're you're a better person than I am, Mike. Uh you you would you wouldn't hesitate to forgive Mrs. Reed or someone good. in your past who wronged you. Well
1: there's nothing there's nothing to be gained at this point, right? No. Yeah. You know? She's not she can't she has no power over you. Mm-hmm. She's doesn't have much longer to live. It's like you know. At what point can you do? You just go. What did they say? You don't not do not speak ill of the dead or right. Or right. They, they. You won.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's nothing left. <laughs> there's seriously. There's, I mean, it's easy to. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some some people that we know that I won't feel too sad when they're no longer here. Oh, but
0: people I, that we know in in and, 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 or... Yeah, you
1: know, people that that are in you know in public eye, I should mm, say. But yeah. But then I also feel like. You know you kind of feel bad for they're always gonna feel bad for their family members or whatever yeah and that sort of thing so it's like there's no harm in in in, in forgiving its it makes it makes you a better person I think
0: yeah. all right well you're my Helen <laughs> <laughs> and that's
1: kind of that was one of the reasons that I I felt like this chapter this long chapter was was so good it was it was very powerful all of, and it's a powerful chapter all about the idea of forgiveness and maturity you know mm-hmm. Jane she feels nothing. For Mrs. Reed's death. But then she kind of reflects on how sad it, that must be for the deceased. Yeah. And, it, and the last line of this chapter is one of the most profound final sentences I've seen so far. And I don't know if anything else is going to top it in these last 17 chapters. <laughs> but she's talking about how, I think it's Eliza, that, mm-hmm. that had, had, says a few words after she passes away. And then Jane basically says... That's it. It's over. And then her la- the last sentence is, quote, neither of us had dropped a tear. Yeah. Boom. Out in the next chapter. Now I assume we're going to head back to Thornfield. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, and I was thinking about like one of the, we're going to get into our meaningful passages here in a minute. And I had two this time, just like last chapter. It was really tough. Mm-hmm. And I went with one in particular, but the one that I didn't go with, it has some allusions to the fact that this is not a good way to die. Mm-hmm. where nobody... That, yeah, with that nobody, much negativity. Well, no, it's just like no one feels anything for you yeah. having passed away. Like you've been that kind of a person during your time on earth that you can't even elicit a, elicit a response out of the people From who are close children. to you. Yeah. And yeah. so that's where it's like this should, this, this should be a guidebook in a way, Jane Eyre, mm.
0: for how to live a good <laughs> in life. In many ways, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, as we always like to do on this show, we'll end with a meaningful passage or quote from this chapter that meant a lot to us. Charlene, it is your turn to go first. What have you got for us?
0: So my meaningful passage, it comes from a larger passage of Eliza because she doesn't get much to say, but there is just one moment where she has this, she goes on a tirade (laughs) and I really enjoy this. There's only one adaptation that has done this scene this particular scene where Eliza's talking to Georgiana and basically basically she's just tired of Georgiana (laughs) and it's the 2006 miniseries. So I, I like, I don't know. I, if I, if I had to pick between Eliza and Georgiana, I would pick Eliza. I think that she's a character that's a little undervalued because, you know, she, sure, she doesn't seem to have a lot of emotional attachment to people or things that she's very hard and, uh, straightforward and, Um, Maybe difficult to be friends with, but she has a lot of admirable qualities. But anyways, the quote that I really that I picked from her passage is instead of living for in and with yourself as a reasonable being ought, you seek only to fasten your feebleness on some other person's strength. And (laughs) I just think that it's funny that. Georgiana has probably been annoying Eliza for a long time and this this has been long simmering but Eliza just never said anything because she didn't feel that Georgiana deserved her attention Hmm. but now that Mrs. Reed is going uh, she thinks you know what I just better tell Georgiana one time you better take care of yourself because I'm not going to help you. And once this is over, I'm out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah, as I say, do you get the sense that, that the two of them are now going to move out of the house and, and mm-hmm. go their separate ways and not have to deal with each other anymore?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, Poor, d- poor Georgiana.
0: <laughs> well, what's funny
1: is just like, again, I don't keep harping on it, but I found this to be a very powerful chapter. Mm-hmm. And yet the most meaningful thing to you was was squabbling sisters. Well, <laughs> so, sure.
0: I know. I mean, there's there is a lot of good quotes from here and it's a little bit difficult, but I feel like I wanted to highlight Eliza Eliza, because you don't really get much of her later. And I think that she's kind of a cool character.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. But save her for the sequel.
0: (laughs) Now, Mike, what is your meaningful passage or quote?
1: Like I said, I had two to mull from and this one just edged out the other one. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is when Jane first returns to Gateshead She has had a moment to spend time with Bessie, Mm -hmm. and now she has to go in to face the reeds. And she says, The same hostile roof now again rose before me. My prospects were doubtful yet, and I had yet an aching heart. I still felt as a wanderer on the face of the earth, but I experienced firmer trust in myself and my own powers, and less withering dread of oppression. The gaping wound of my wrongs too was now quite healed and the flame of resentment extinguished. Mm. So we kind of go back to that, comment we talked about with the maturity that she's shown Mm -hmm. she's more confident from the life experience she doesn't have to dread it but she also feels like she has more power over she's not going to let this stuff bother her Mm -hmm. and maybe maybe it goes back to what we said like how she didn't give it a second thought about going back to gateshead because she's like okay i can come back as a not the conquering hero necessarily but she has made better for herself and in a way maybe she's hoping that the Reeds might be proud especially Missy, might be proud of what she's made of herself oh, if she cared yeah. enough.
0: Oh, that makes me sad that she would have hoped for a little bit of approval from the Reeds when she 100% did not get it.
1: Yeah, but then with that passage she's almost saying that I don't it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's totally. I'm a different true. person now and I get to go back into this house and and yeah. walk around with my head held high.
0: She's not the same person.
1: Yeah she's not what did we say she was one of those living things that was altered past recognition i
0: guess <laughs> very but, true yeah. thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed our podcast please subscribe and leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform this really helps us grow and reach new listeners if you want to talk jane Eyre with me online you can find me on twitter and instagram at air guide that's e-y-r-e
1: And if you want to hear more from me, I host my own podcast called Out of Touchstone, where my good friend Chad and I discuss all the films that Disney produced for their Touchstone Pictures label. You can also find me on Twitter at Mike DeKalb.
0: Thank you, and farewell for the present.